Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's 2022, and I am extremely hopeful for a wonderful year. So um, today, I uh, wanted to share a few thoughts with you, and then I am actually releasing a podcast that I did, which was my episode 13 podcast uh, titled Know the Enemy. And I'll tell you a little bit of background of why I am releasing that today again. So the what I'll do is I'm going to just share some thoughts with you, and then you're going to hear that podcast right after I end these thoughts. But what happened is, is this last week, um, we had the kids and Matt and I had been talking about Moses one and Abraham three, and as part of the come follow me study. And what the first night we sat down and uh, talked to the kids about like kind of an overview of these two chapters. And one quote that stood out to me was much of the confusion we experience in this life comes from simply not understanding who we are. So in the um, manual, it is a quote from elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf, and he gave it at a church educational fireside on November 1st, 2009. And I thought about the world today and how much confusion there is. And I do believe that it is Um, a lot of it is coming from simply not understanding who we are. So that got me thinking about um, who are we? And honestly, my podcast on knowing the enemy, which I released, like I said, my 13th podcast, really, it was a most exciting, one of my most exciting podcasts that I released, but it has the least amount of listens. And during Christmas, I was talking to my siblings, specifically my brother, Matt, about, um, he was just asking me questions about the podcast and about my feelings about it. And, uh, I was sharing with him a couple of my favorites and ironically, they're the least listened to it. So I was joking that maybe I don't have a beat on what's feeling, even though it feels really good to me to say it out loud and share scriptures and quotes maybe the audience is not receiving them like I'm thinking. And he actually told me that one of his favorite podcasts that he has listened to a few times is know the enemy, knowing the enemy. And when he said that, I realized, you know what it, and, and I also, another ironic thing is I had a friend reach out to me and there was this organization in Utah called the salt gathering, and they were looking for speakers and, um, she's like, Beth, I think you should go for this. And so what they wanted you to do was share what you're going to get, um, present, but they wanted you to do it on a video. So they had you do a short recording uh, through YouTube channel that you would send to them. And when she had sent this all to me, I was quite nervous. I didn't feel competent, but I knew in my heart that the thing that I feel so passionate about is knowing ourselves and knowing the enemy. And so I actually did my YouTube video that I sent to them on knowing the enemy. And, um, I, I didn't get chosen to be a presenter, which is totally great. Fine. But I realized, you know, maybe I love this topic, but maybe it's not as exciting for other people. So I hope that as you re-listen to this 
podcast episode 103, that maybe you can see different insight that you hadn't seen before. Before um, I turn the time over to that podcast, I want to share some more thoughts that came to me as the kids and I, and during the week, um, things that um, I'm going to talk about this later, but uh, we got into a really bad car accident and I totaled my Toyota Sequoia and um, it was very uh, traumatic and um, life thought process changing for me. And I realized how important it is that we share our light with others and that we not be afraid or ashamed of um, the good news. And so I hope that this podcast offers that for you. Okay. So the other thing um, I wanted to read to you is in, in that podcast, I talk about a quote from Sun Tzu from the art of war. And I really think that it goes exactly with what elder Uchtdorf said. And um, Sun Tzu says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So the reason why I'm putting this out again is I believe in my heart, it is very important that we know who the enemy is, but we also know who ourself, who we are ourselves. And that, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have a hundred battles, but Sun Tzu said, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. So we're going to still have battles, but we don't need to fear them. Some other things that I thought about was, um, you know, when you look at Moses, the story of Moses, it made me think about the prophet Joseph Smith. And there's kind of a similarity in their experience. Moses had seen God face to face. He experienced this marvelous information, download, um, vision, and he was in a very high place of, of peace and comfort and love. And, um, he knew that he was a son of God. That's how he was addressed. He was a son of God. Then after God leaves, you have Satan appear to him and he calls him a son of man. And he, um, tries to totally, he does strip away all the light that Moses has received. And, um, when it says in uh, Moses chapter one, verse 20, and it came to pass that Moses began to fear exceedingly. And as, as he began to fear, he saw the bitterness of hell. Nevertheless, calling upon God, he received strength and he commanded saying, depart from me, Satan, for this one God shall God only will I worship, which is the God of glory. So in our lives, we might come into a situation where we have a lot of fear and they have the unknown, but we need to call upon God and he will give us strength. And we need to know that we are sons and daughters of God. And if we know ourselves and we know who Satan is and what he does, we don't need to fear the result of a hundred battles. The other thing that was parallel to it was the prophet Joseph Smith. When he read the scripture in James uh, chapter one, he, um, uh, he says it's chapter one versus the fifth chapter. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. So he decides he's going to ask of God. He, he has this, um, thought in a scripture that he'd never thought about before. So he wants to go and ask to God. And as he goes and kneels down in this, he determined a place in the woods to go. It was on a beautiful spring morning. He goes and he has all these anxieties. And as he attempts to pray vocally, darkness 
overcomes him. And he is completely, uh, he thinks he's going to be completely destroyed. And he is, thinks he's going to be overcome. And in verse 16, it says, but exerting all my powers to call upon God, he did exactly as Moses did. He called upon God. He to deliver me out of the power of this enemy, which had ceased upon me. And at the very moment when I was ready to sink into despair and abandon myself to destruction, not to an imaginary ruin, but to the power of some actual being from the unseen world who had such marvelous power as I had never before felt in any being just at this moment of great alarm, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. And when the savior and our father in heaven appear to Joseph, they call him by name, reminding him, you are a son of God. I am your father. Um, but Satan wanted to seek his destruction. And Joseph personally at that time had never felt that kind of power from an unseen world. I thought about some words that fit Satan and I, cause I want to apply this to us. So how do we know ourselves? You know, if there are things that we are doing that are part of Satan's plan, we need to reevaluate that. And I ask myself these things and I am guilty of some of these words, but are we a pot stirrer? Do we lie? Do we create tantrums? Are we a counterfeiter? Are we a crisis seeker? Are we dishonest, vindictive, miserable, angry, jealous? Do we try to trap other people? Are we bitter? Are we unforgiving? Are we spiteful, revengeful, retaliatory, obstinate, stubborn? So as we're coming to know ourselves, let's not get in the trap of Satan and who he is and the things that he does to cause chaos, chaos and wreak havoc on this earth. So how can you strengthen yourself? You need to know yourself. As Elder Uchtdorf said, much of the confusion we experience in this life comes from simply not understanding who we are. So today I'm re-releasing episode 13, know the enemy so that, and you need to know who you are. So you cannot fear the results of a hundred battle. Enjoy this episode. Um, welcome to the seeking light podcast. And I'm so glad you're with me today. I am super excited about this episode, this, um, podcast episode. And, um, I, first of all, I've got to tell you a little tidbit about me. I love to read military books and I have read many, many books and my boys are really into military books too. And so anything I can get my hands on that inspires, teaches me about grit and courage and overcoming, um, impossible odds, I'm all over it. So I absolutely love to read military books. Um, I'm actually, I'm just in the middle of reading this, my favorite one, Outlaw Platoon, a second time. And um, I just got one in the mail today from Amazon and my son's going to read it and then I'm going to read it after him. It's another book. So anyway, I love it, love it, love it. And so this topic actually comes from one of the military books I was reading and um I'm just going to share with you at the beginning of this chapter four of this particular military book, there was this quote and this quote really impacted me and I could not stop thinking about it. And so I actually wrote a talk 
that I was asked to, I was asked to give a talk to, um, at a women's fireside. Uh, so ages 18 to 105. And I really felt inspired to use this quote and to write this talk. And so I'll read the quote to you and then you'll know what the topic's about. So, um, this is the quote. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So what I chose to speak to the women on and what this podcast episode is about is about the devil, um, about the enemy. And I know that that's kind of counterintuitive because we should be seeking light, which is seeking the Savior. But I really believe in my heart that if you want to understand the plan of attack, you need to know who your enemy is. And he is the enemy of all righteousness. And so he desires that we will be miserable like he is. And so we need to know who he is and what his tactics are. So today, I'm just going to go over some things that I've learned and some experiences and some scriptures. And hopefully you'll feel like you know the enemy a little bit better. Because as the quote says by, I am going to butcher the name, but it's Sun, Sun Tzu. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm even saying it right. But remember, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gain, you will suffer a defeat. And if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So who is the enemy? And the um, King James Version of the Bible um, dictionary, I'm going to read to you what it says about the devil. The English word devil in the King James Version is used to represent several different words in Greek, slanderer, demon, and adversary. And Hebrew, it is spoiler. The devil is the enemy of righteousness and of those who seek to do the will of God. Literally, a spirit son of God, he was at one time an angel in authority in the presence of God. However, he rebelled in the premortal life and which time he persuaded a third of the spirit children of the father to rebel with him in opposition to the plan of salvation championed by Jehovah, Jesus Christ. Quote, thus came the devil and his angels, unquote. They were cast out of heaven and were denied the experience of mortal bodies and earthly life. I'm sorry, and earth life. Latter-day revelation confirms the biblical teaching that the devil is a reality and that he does strive to lead men and women from the work of God. One of the major techniques of the devil is to cause human beings to think they are following God's ways, when in reality, they are deceived by the devil to follow other paths. Since the devil and his premortal angels have no physical body of flesh and bones, they often seek to possess the bodies of mortal beings. There are many such instances recorded in the scripture. Such can be evicted by the power of faith in Jesus Christ and the exercise of the holy priesthood. Jesus gave his power to his disciples. 
The devil is called the prince of this world. The adversary, Belzebub, meaning the prince of the devils, the wicked one, the enemy, Lucifer, Satan, prince of the power of the air, perdition, son of the morning, the old serpent, the great dragon, a murderer from the beginning, a liar from the beginning, and the accuser. He is miserable in his situation, and he stirreth up the children of men unto secret combinations of murder and all manner of secret works of darkness. He tries to imitate the work of God by transforming himself nigh unto an angel of light. He is also a worker of miracles by which he deceives many upon the earth. In fact, the scriptures say that he deceives the whole world. He can cite scripture to make his point seem plausible. All of this is his scheme to make men miserable, like unto himself. Okay, so we've gone over who Satan is and what he does. And I want you to think about what I read. Um, He does things in secret, in darkness. He can imitate the work of God by transforming himself into an angel of light. He can also work miracles by in which he deceives many. He can cite scripture to make his point seem plausible. So he does all of these schemes to make men miserable like he is. And I wanted to read to you from President Nelson. Uh, He gave a, a talk to the brethren, and I always put in there, it's basically to the sisters and the children too. So I'm just going to read to you this portion. He's, he talked about Satan. And this is what he said. He said, My dear brethren, sisters or children, that's what I always insert here. You were chosen by our Father to come to the earth at this crucial time because of your pre-mortal spiritual valor. You are among the finest, most valiant men who have ever come to the earth. Satan knows who you are and who you were pre-mortally. And he understands the work that must be done before the Savior returns. And after millennia of practicing his cunning arts, the adversary is experienced and incorrigible. So it means he's not changing or reforming. Brethren, we need to do better and be better because we are in a battle. So sisters, we're in a battle. Children, we're in a battle. The battle with sin is real. The adversary is quadrupling his efforts to disrupt testimonies and impede the work of the Lord. He is arming his minions with potent weapons to keep us from partaking of the joy and love of the Lord. Okay, so through history, we have learned of his potent weapons and what his minions do. And I just thought today, I mean, you could probably sit with your families and sit by yourself in deep in the scriptures and find uh, uh, his weapons. I mean, all you have to do is like, look at all the antichrists in the Book of Mormon, look at our society today, today and what they're teaching um, to our children and in the world and what's okay and wrong is right and right is wrong. And I mean, it's amazing. So we know we're in a battle, right? And this battle is very real. So I just want to go to two different scripture references to 
address some of the ways that he attacks us, Satan attacks us. And the first one is in Matthew chapter 4 in the New Testament. And in here, in these verses 1 through 11, there's um, a lot of Joseph Smith translations. So I'll be jumping down on the bottom as I read through it. And you're welcome to follow along with me or reread this when we're done. you're done listening to the podcast because there's a lot in here. But it starts off, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be with God. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was unhungered afterwards. And had, okay, after he had fasted forty days and had communed with God, he was afterwards unhungered and he was left to be tempted of the devil. Okay, so I'm, I'm dropping my eyes down to the footnotes because I'm trying to follow along of the translation that Joseph Smith put in there for us to better understand the accuracy of these scriptures of the King James Version. Okay, so, um, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then, Jesus was taken up into the holy city, and the Spirit setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. Then the devil came unto him and said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus saith unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So first of all, he tempts the Savior to turn these stones after fasting 40 days, 40 nights into bread to feed his hunger. Then he tells him to cast him himself down and that his angels will come, that God's angels will come and rescue him. Then in um, verse 8, it starts with, and again, Jesus was in the spirit and it taketh him to an exceedingly high mountain and shown unto him all the kingdom, kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And the devil came unto him again and said, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. Then the devil leaveth him, and now Jesus knew not that John was cast into prison, and he sent angels, and behold, they came, and they ministered unto John. So here Jesus was then said, by Lucifer, Satan, worship me, worship me. And the Savior, having fasted 30 or 40 days, 40 nights, what does he do in verse 11? He sends angels to comfort John, who's been cast into prison. So how do we combat Satan? Well, first of all, that example of the Savior um, ministering 
to having John be ministered to is a tremendous example that during the times of trial and deprivation and frustration, ministering to another person can bring us light and happiness. Uh, David O. McKay, President David O. McKay, he shared in the Manual of Teachings of the Prophet David O. McKay, he shared something that really inspired me um, about temptation, about how the devil works. And this is what he said. He said, every temptation that comes to you and me comes in one of three forms. Number one, a temptation of the appetite or passion. Number two, a yielding to pride, fashion, or vanity. Number three, a desire for worldly riches or power and dominion over lands or earthly possessions of men. And then President McKay said, such temptations come to us in our social gatherings. They come to us in our political strivings. They come to us in our business relations, on the farm, in the mercantile establishment. You can tell that he shared this back in this, I'm sure it was the 70s or, you know, 60s. Um, Also, he, to finish the quote, he says, in our dealings, in all the affairs of life, we can find these insidious influences working. It is when they manifest themselves to the consciousness of each individual that the defense of truth should exert itself. So Satan tempted the Savior with appetite, with pride, with power, and the Savior yielded to none. So when we know how Satan can manifest himself through secrecy, fear, um, quoting scriptures, performing miracles, how can we shore up ourselves against these temptations that he puts into our path? Okay, the next um, scripture that I wanted to go over is in Moses. Uh, It's in Pearl Great Price, Book of Moses, and it's in chapter one. And basically what happens is um, Moses is taken to an exceedingly high mountain and he is face to face with God and the glory of God shone upon Moses and he was said God said behold I am the Lord God Almighty and endless is my name for I am without and beginning of days and end of years and behold thou art my son therefore look and I will show thee the workmanship of my hands for my works are without end and also my words for they never cease then he tells him again I have a work for thee, Moses, my son. So God continues to say to Moses, he calls him by name, my son, my son. He talks about the work. He shows Moses the workmanship of his hands. And then he says in verse seven, and now behold, this one thing I show unto thee, Moses, my son, for thou art in the world. And now I show it unto thee. So then he has shown the world and the children of men that are on the world and who is created and the presence of God withdrew after that from Moses, and but the glory of God was still upon Moses, and he was left unto himself. And in verse 10, it says, And it came to pass that it was for the space of many hours before Moses did again receive his natural strength like unto man. And he said unto himself, Now for this cause I know that man is nothing, which thing I never had supposed. 
But then he talks about how his natural eyes didn't behold what he was shown, but his spiritual eyes had, and that he was transfigured. Well, then here comes who else? Satan. And it came to pass that when Moses had said these words, behold, Satan came tempting him, saying, Moses, son of man, worship me. And it came to pass that Moses looked upon Satan and said, Who art thou? For behold, I am a son of God, in the similitude of his only begotten. And where is thy glory that I should worship thee? For behold, I could not look upon God except his glory should come upon me, and I were, were transfigured before him, but I can look upon thee in the natural man. Is it not so? Surely. Blessed be the name of my God, for his spirit hath not altogether withdrawn from me. Or else where is thy glory? For it is darkness unto me, and I can judge between thee and God. Get thee hence, Satan, deceive me not. For God said unto me, Thou art after the similitude of mine only begotten. And he also gave me commandments when he called unto me out of the burning bush, saying, Call upon God in the name of mine only begotten Son, and worship me. And again Moses said, I will not cease to call upon God. I have other things to inquire of him, for his glory has been upon me. Therefore I can judge between him and thee. Depart hence, Satan. Okay, so God comes... The glory of God's upon Moses. He feels that, that love. He feels the splendor. He feels the marvelousness of all that he's being shown and taught. And he has a little bit of a break. And who comes? But Satan. And Satan refers to Moses as the son of man. And God had told him, he's a son of God. You're a son of God. And Moses let him know, look, I, I still feel um, God's presence um, I, I can judge between thee. I, I know who you are. So, you know, you need to get out of here. Well, what does Satan do? He has a tantrum and he rants and he raves and he throws a fit. But Moses received strength as he called upon God and told Satan to depart. Now Satan began to tremble and the earth shook and Moses received his strength. And he called upon God saying, in the name of the only begotten, depart thence hence satan and it came to pass that satan with a loud voice was weeping and wailing and gnashing his teeth and he departed hence even from the presence of moses that he beheld him not so moses was then filled with the holy ghost god came and taught him more and he called upon god's name and he didn't cease calling upon god's name so here we have the situation with the Savior, and we have the situation with Moses. And with Moses, I think today in our lives, Satan constantly tries to make us think that we are like animals, that we are to be acted upon as opposed to acting. And he wants us to be in a state of misery like he is. Um, President Nelson, he also talked about... Um, what Satan does because he doesn't have a body. Uh, he says, so he, he starts with, Satan understands this meaning that we have our bodies and they're, they're gifts from God. And he says, Satan understands this. He chafes at the fact that his premortal apostasy permanently disqualifies him for this privilege of having a body, leaving him in a constant state of jealousy and resentment. Thus, many, if not most, of the temptations he puts in our path cause us to abuse our bodies or the bodies of others. Because Satan is miserable without a body, he wants us to be miserable because of ours. 
Your body is your personal temple created to house your eternal spirit. Your care of this temple is important. So one of the things that I try to keep in mind regularly is about how he tries to attack me and my body, causing me to feel inferior or compare with others or not good enough or, you know, not become idle. So how do we defeat Satan? How do we overcome his tactics knowing that he has had a millennia of experience and we are here in as as mortals on this earth experiencing earth life and we are trying to come combat him and help our children combat him and you know those that we have stewardship over well in the bible dictionary it tells us at the very end uh, what we can do and there's many things we can do and again this is just a short podcast so you can sit and ponder and think about things yourself but it, this is what it says. It says, protection against the influence of the devil is found by obedience to the commandments and laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message of all the prophets and apostles is that truth, righteousness, and peace shall in the end prevail over error, sin, and war. The faithful shall triumph over all their afflictions and enemies and shall triumph over the devil there shall be a complete and lasting victory of righteousness over wickedness on this earth, which will be done by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I really think in that closing paragraph that our answer is obedience to the laws and commandments of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to listen to the messages of the apostles that will teach us about truth, righteousness, and peace. And we need not fear him. He is going to have his tantrums like he did with Moses. He's going to wail and gnash and try to do everything he can to get those of us that are trying to follow the Savior and return to our Father in heaven in a bit of a tizzy. But he's not going to win. We're not going to let him. And so to close, I want to read my quote that I started with that I absolutely love. So you today learned a little bit more about your enemy. Maybe you already knew it all. Maybe I'm just refreshing your mind. But if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So my message today to you is as you are seeking light in your life, know who you are. What is your true divine nature? You are a son or daughter of God. And you are not a son of man or daughter of man. And as when you know yourself and you know your enemy, you don't need to fear the result of a 100 battles. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.